You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there, you're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today, I'm going back over stateside. And I want to speak to a fantastic artist who doesn't just sound country, but he's got that rock element to him as well. His name is Jason Charles Miller. Hi, Jason. Hey, what's happening, Dom? Nothing much, really. Just a normal day at work for me here. How, how have you been? Pretty good, yeah. Um, I've, been, uh, I've been in the studio a lot lately. I've been um, working on a lot of different projects. I feel really uh, thankful that I've had the opportunity to work on a, uh, on a couple of different, um, cool projects. And right now I'm, you know, my album that's coming out in March, that's already done and turned in and ready to go. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know, I guess we'll just jump right into it because I'm just thinking about what I was doing in the studio, uh, <laughs> last night. So I have a Twitch channel and I, I do two acoustic concerts a week on my own Twitch channel. Yeah. Um, as you know, uh, sort of in reaction to a lot of the things that we can't do right now. Uh, <laughs> but also I, on Tuesdays for, um, Codename entertainment, which is a video game company. I host a songwriting show yep. live and, um, it's called Bardic inspiration. And I write a song with my co-host Dylan Wilkes and with the audience. Okay. So, um, the audience can throw out lyrical ideas. They can even throw out chord or melody ideas. That doesn't happen as often. Usually their contribution is mainly lyrics. But we write a song once a week in a span of two hours. Yeah. At the end of that, at the end of two hours, the song is done, like whatever it is. And, it, and it's been a really interesting way to write because – you have to make quick decisions. You can't really be married to any part. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, and also it's great having so much feedback from the audience because, you know, they might not, we, we, we pick a different character to write about every week, a character from the, from the video game, idol champions. Okay. So it's, it's really almost like a songwriting exercise that people can, can participate in. And these songs are made for a very specific purpose. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so last night I was recording some of them because even though we've now written 21 songs, we've had uh, the episode 22 is tomorrow. Um, we're taking some of the songs that we wrote and uh, I'm recording more final versions of them to then uh, put in the game. Okay. Well, I noticed that you've got another theme song um, done in 2016 uh, from something called Critical Role. What what was that? Oh, uh Oh, you want to know, are you being sarcastic? No, or? no, I'm, I'm curious. Oh, okay. So Critical Role is a, uh, is a show with eight voice actors yeah. um, that I sort of know from my voice acting world and they all play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, and it's extremely popular. And I had the good fortune of writing the theme song for the show because I knew all of them. And then the whole thing just blew up. <laughs> I mean, I've seen them fill theaters. They'll do, they'll broadcast from their studio, but then when they do live events, yeah. they'll sell out a theater. That's crazy. That and is. People watch them play D and D. I yeah. mean, 
I watch a lot of um, like gaming videos on like on Facebook and Twitch and you know YouTube, and I've particularly been starting to watch like the Dungeons and Dragons stuff, and you know I find it really fascinating. I mean, I've never been able to play it myself because I don't have the imagination required. Oh, you got to play. No, I'm sure you do. You've got to play. You'll you'll have so much fun. What was it? How how did that all come about then? Their show or just like uh the, the their show and then just like going into doing the doing the theme tune for it and then going into the theme tune that you've just done now. Yeah, you know, um it all kind of um it all sort of they all connect together. I mean, that's one thing, you know, people ask me a lot, you know, how they can break into this area or that area. And it all sort of happens naturally. It all like I, Matt Mercer is the, the dungeon master of the show, or you'd say the leader of the show. Yeah. And I knew him from being a voice actor and also working on a different project. We work on a musical project together a few years before that. Um, called Muzzled the Musical, and that's on YouTube. You got to check that out if you can. Muzzled uh, the Musical, I'm right. Muzzled this down. the Musical, yeah. Uh, and so, from working with him on that, it was an easy transition for them to then work with me on this. Um, you know, a lot of things just happen organically, I guess. Yeah. Like the longer you, the longer that you work on. Um, you work in the business and and make good music for different projects, the more you get invited to work on other projects. Yeah. Too. Um, what, like what? I've got th- three songs in Cyberpunk 2077 with a side project of mine um, called Rezo Drone. Yeah. But that happened because um, uh, Eric Craig approached me years ago who I know from uh, Amanda Mosier's band, who's actually going to be a guest on my uh, Miller's Music Mondays show on my Twitch channel tonight. Yeah. Uh, just, just coincidentally. But, uh, you know, so if I hadn't have worked with Eric's uh, wife in, uh, on a song for her band Calico, he might not have known, uh, you know, that I used to make industrial music a lot and, and invited me, you know, and had me submit songs for the game. So it all just kind of, it, it, it's this weird sort of connection that happens with everyone after a certain time. That's crazy. I mean, looking at your website as well, you know, you've got a, a Streamy Award nomination for Muzzle the Musical. Yeah, yeah. I've got a Streamy Award uh, nomination. Uh, a, I think something else I did was nominated for the Geeky Awards, and something else I did was nominated for the... Um, IAW TV awards. So I've got the, I've got the, um, Oh, and the webbies too. Yeah. There's a, yeah. I got an honorable mention for a show that I hosted, uh, from the webbies. So I'm all, I've got, I've got all the internet awards covered. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, well, just looking through all of your, all of your recognitions and your, just the highlights in general, the nominations, it's crazy. The amount of, amount of like soundtracks you know you got a gold record from the punisher soundtrack you've got uh, voice acting highlights you know you've you've worked on a long list of voice acting stuff yeah now i'll, I'll i want to go into the voice acting stuff in a bit um but yeah 
crazy. I mean, if anybody wants to check this out, just search jasoncharlesmiller.com and it's on the homepage. You just scroll right down to the bottom and there's a, it's a list. It's a list. It's brilliant. One that surprised me, though, was the Radio Disney Award nomination for Cruising for a Bruising. Right. Okay. So that's another thing that happened really, really organically. So um, I uh, have a studio complex in North Hollywood, and there's several other artists and musicians and producers that work there. And so Mitch Allen is a good friend of mine and um, he was writing all these songs for Disney at the time. And so like I would, you know, pass him in the parking lot or whatever. And I would joke (laughs) with him about like, Hey man, like, let me get in on one of those Disney songs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Half kidding. Like half, I, I, I knew that if he asked me that I would be able to, that I would be able to deliver, but you know, I was kind of half joking, you know, how you do. And, um, one day he was like, Hey man, you wanted to write a Disney song. Let's let, we've got this opportunity. Uh, and the way a lot of those movies work is that they'll ask a songwriting team to, they'll, they'll ask like several songwriting teams. So they'll be like, Hey, we've got a scene for this movie. Um, there's going to be singing and dancing. The movies from the, you know, they go back in time to the fifties. Yeah. It needs to have that fifties kind of pop feel. Um, and you're up against like five other teams. Like everybody writes a song yeah, uh, for that scene. And I remember like when I was a little kid, my dad, like if I was, you know, doing something dangerous or, you know, like as a kid, like jumping around or whatever, he'd be like, you're cruising for a bruising. Yeah. So I was like, Hey, I've got the title. <laughs> and, That's uh, and it just became this massive hit. Not only did it get picked for the movie, it was the single for the movie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it became a massive, massive hit. So, uh, the only, like, I would say, you know, mainstream music, uh, nomination I've ever gotten. I don't have a Grammy nomination or a CMA nomination or anything like that, but I've got a Radio Disney Award <laughs> nomination. And we lost, of course, to Let It Go from Frozen. Oh, what a song to lose it to, though. The most, right. I'm sorry, I mean, but irritating song. Right, but I mean, like, the biggest song of the year that year yeah. across all, all genres. Well, I know, as much as I find the, you know, Let It Go irritating, it did fantastically. You know, it's it's one of the most yeah. well known. You know, if you used to play that anywhere, everybody will recognize it. But mm. what a what an accolade to have. <laughs> Radio <laughs> Disney Award. Right. What would you what what did you do with the WWE SmackDown? Um, so um the band uh the band uh Rev Theory um uh, uh, I wrote a song with them that ended up being the um, the second hour theme song to SmackDown for like years. Really? Um, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then another song that I wrote with them, Ben otherwise ended up recording. So it's like I, I sort of uh, when I wrote a few songs with them they all sort of ended up in, in different places, which was kind of fun. But uh, I'm trying to think of the, 
Oh, Hangman. That's right. Okay. So yeah, it was this song Hangman that I wrote with Rev Theory and um, they had already written Randy Orton's theme song. Yeah. So WWE liked their stuff and super fortunate that they, that they picked that song for that. And then years later, you guys have AEW as well, right? Yeah. Um, Brandon Cutler, who's a fan of Critical Role. Yeah. Reached out to me to write his entrance theme. Damn. So now, so um, <laughs> another organic connection, right? That That's he's a brilliant. Critical Role fan. He loves Dungeons and Dragons. He loves the theme song to Critical Role. He reaches out to me to write his entrance theme music, and now I've got his his theme music. And he was on a winning streak for a while too, which was great because then they played the song twice. Yeah. That, that's brilliant. Oh, yeah, because obviously you got your intro, and then obviously when they win, the win, when they, win, they play outro, it again. That's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I was always a massive, like going back to the WWE, I was always a massive, massive fan growing up, particularly even when it was back at, you know, WWF before sure. that to yeah, change. And, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. Do, do you get like special tickets to go see fights? Well, oh. I would have, and I think I will. But believe it or not, they were scheduled to come here like at the end of at like the beginning of uh, at like the yeah the beginning of March yeah um, I guess no the end of March so they were scheduled to be here the end of March and that's when everything shut down so <laughs> it's just kind of like ah the timing, timing. <laughs> I mean I was supposed to come to you last March yeah um, yeah so I I had a um, a bunch of dates scheduled opening for Bob Wayne um, all over the UK. And uh, I was supposed to get on a plane like March 25th. And I remember, you know, watching like the last show I played was March 8th yeah. in LA. And then March 19th, like LA was just shut down. Right. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm going, is this even going to happen? And then I'm watching like just day by day, <laughs> watching everything just like shut down, just going, no, but what's crazy is, you know, now that tour, which was going to be rescheduled for March of 2021, probably won't be rescheduled till March of 2022. That, that, that's the crazy thing as well. I mean, I remember Back obviously back in March, the um, when we closed our borders, you know, we stopped flights. Particularly, I think it was a bit of a delay between closing flights to America, but everything just like kind of just shut down overnight. It was, it was kind of mental. But yeah, I mean, I definitely can't wait for you to actually do eventually come here because, I mean, I've I've always been growing up. I've always been a fan of that rocky element. Um, my dad's always been a fan. We always used to have either Kerrang on, Scuzz on, any form of like channel that had any form of rock on it. And obviously growing up, that's what you're listening to and that's what you kind of develop your senses with. Sure. And obviously when I was when I discovered yourself, when um Kim sent me all you know, sent me your information, it was like, oh my, oh my God, what what what's this guy? He's got a mixture of everything that I love in music. Oh, awesome, man. I'm glad. I'm so glad to hear that. You know, it, it, it was when I when I started listening to your stuff, it was one of those kind of realizations like I could just put this on. I could just put even like the instrumental roles, you know, the music where it's just for like the theme tunes. I could just put that on and I was just driving home, particularly today as well. I was just driving home and it was just playing in the background. And I just felt so it just chilled me out. 
<laughs> that's cool. That's good. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I have never in my whole career, like even when I was doing rock, like, you know, more industrial rock or whatever, mainly as an artist um, with my band Godhead, you know, we've never, I've never sort of picked one spot, you know, in, in the, the world of genre. Like I have to, I have to bring more elements in or I'm not, or it's not me. Yeah. You know, looking through your um, co-writing highlights, you've got quite a few co-writes. Yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, yeah. Ricky Medlock, Charlie Starr, mm-hmm. Driver Williams, some big, big names. Yeah. How, yeah. which out of your co-writes were you like, dang, I'm in the same room? Or did they have that oh. feeling for you? Because I can imagine that'd be the case as well. I mean, I don't know if anyone feels that way about me, but... Um, don't be modest. You know, the, the, the crazy one was Paul Anka, because the way that happened was... Um, I had my... Fr- um, my friend uh, Nina... She had I uh, she was being managed by by him at the time, and basically we were writing a song for Nina, and she said, "Hey, my manager's gonna come by like at the end of the at, like around the end of the of the writing session." Yeah, and uh, I'm like, "Cool," and I knew that Paul Anka was managing her at the time, but he actually showed up like kind of at the beginning of the session and just jumped in and started writing with us. And I was like, Whoa, I mean, this is the guy that wrote my way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was a trip. That's crazy. I but, mean, what, what do you do in that situation then when, when he just jumped straight in with you? I mean, you just roll with it. If it's Paul Anka, right? <laughs> what was What was the best thing about that co-write then? Like what, what's one like moment within that writing session that you just thought, Dang, I mean, I think like you know he he came up with some really like contemporary lyrics that worked, you know, like he came up with stuff that really was fitting. But I'd say the best part of that whole experience was that I was able to get my mom tickets for his concert when he came <laughs> to Naples, Florida. So hey, was she there? The yeah, <laughs> I suppose that's always the great thing as well. You know, you know, being in the kind of situations that we get into, you know, being able to see these brilliant people, particularly mm-hmm. in a these big stars, you've got to try. You know, if you don't ask, you don't get. Right, right. There's there's a way to do it. I don't think I asked that day. I asked, like, I ran into him again at, like, a showcase that Nina was doing. And so uh, I think it was the the funniest part was I brought it up to him and I was like, hey, you know, my mom lives in Naples and I noticed, and, like, before I could finish (laughs) the sentence, he goes, how many tickets do you need? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how often that actually happens. Probably a lot for him to like cut me off. What was your mom's response? Oh, she had a fantastic time. She loved it. She loved it. You must have been favorite. Just that's it. Well, I'm her only her only kid, so I, I know, mean, I in general, her... favorite person. Just uh, oh yeah, probably. everybody else yeah. can go. <laughs> <laughs> so you've also done stuff like Billy Ray and just looking at yeah. everything that you've done, you've got so much behind you. I mean, you've opened up for 
Billy Ray Cyrus, Alan Jackson, Alan Jackson, Eric Church, and Toby Keith. Yeah, yeah. What's it like opening up in very much, obviously uh, considering the kind of music that you usually play, when yeah. you're opening up for like pure country country stars, right? Like Eric Church and Alan Jackson and Billy Ray. Well, with Eric Church's fans, I mean, they, they like the heavier stuff, yeah, right. Um, but for um, like Alan Jackson, for example, you know, you you pick your set accordingly, yeah. Right? Like you've got. Luckily, I, even when I opened for Alan Jackson, which was you know uh, quite a few years ago now, but um, it was at the Greek Theater, and it was kind of a magical moment. Um, you know, I'll, I'll still there's certain venues and and that you play like. Um, God had played the Carling and Leeds festivals. And I still remember those. Yeah. You know, even though it was like 19 years ago or something. Um, uh, you, you still remember moments like that. But um, for somebody like Alan Jackson, who has a much more traditional country um, element to his sound, you make sure that you don't overdo it. You know, yeah. you, you just cater your set to the audience that you hope is going to – you cater the songs to how you hope the audience is going to react to it. Do you, take, um, do you take some of your songs then and either turn it down a bit or add, say, extra instruments to make it sound a bit more in tune, kind of, with the audience? Um if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If you have enough time to prepare, um, if not, you just, you just make sure that your set list is complimentary. Yeah. You know, what's the most difficult gig then you've played where you've had to just almost throw the set list out the window and kind of wing it. Well, I will say this, um, with God, the, I, I would say the most difficult set I've ever played was with Godhead. We were opening for Guar. Yeah. Do you know who Guar I've is? I've never heard of him, and I will be checking him out later. Uh, well, all you have to do is look at a picture of them because they dress up in monster suits <laughs> and they play their instruments. And and they're very – it's humorous. It's all about humor. Yeah. But their fans are very dedicated just to them. And if you're not, it doesn't matter who the opening act is. If you're not Guar, they don't like you. So, I mean, they're throwing things at you. They're, you know, you look down. I had this thing where years afterwards, because um, we did a whole tour with them. And I think we said to each other, if we can make it through this, we can make it through anything. Uh just looking you know, at some of these pictures now. Oh my, yeah. that's brilliant. And for all you listeners, if you don't know who Guar is, just G-W-A-R, <laughs> all caps. Just look them up. You'll know exactly what kind of band they are. And But their fans will they'll throw things. They'll flip the bird to you. I remember like years later, I was going to say it, for years afterwards, when I was looking out into the crowd, I would never look people in the face anymore. I would look above their heads. Yeah. Because if I ever caught anyone's eye when I was on tour with Guar, it was immediately this. <laughs> it was 
So I catch someone's eye, they immediately flip the bird to you. <laughs> and, you know, as an artist, you don't want to no. hear that, you know, or you don't want to see that. You don't want, you don't want like that resonating in your memory. So I would always look above everyone, just slightly above, just at the tops <laughs> of everyone's heads so that I never caught anyone's eye. I mean, that, that must be so frustrating and disappointing as an artist because you want to be able to engage with the fans. You want to be able to engage, you know, with the people that are there to enjoy the music. And yeah, if, you, if you can't yeah. even look at them in the face, it's no, I a bit couldn't. disappointing. For years I couldn't. It was, it, I was terrified. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, oh, I just can't even picture what it'd be like. Just the intensity, really. The, not hatred, but hatred. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can't like, describe it. Actually, I faced my fears, I suppose, but it took a while. For those that who haven't searched Guar yet, I'd say it was a cross between Slipknot, if they was to mate with the devil, and then take a massive trip on ecstasy and LSD and every form of drug going. Just, yeah, that is an interesting yeah. set of costumes. I mean, it is a... Uh, what I might do is I might when I do the social media, I might just uh just randomly share probably just share this one here. Yeah, yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need to share. Interesting. I mean, if if that's their if that's their stage costume, if that's their set, then fair play. I mean Sure. <laughs> I, mean, you can't, I don't even know what to say to that one. <laughs> it's very rare I'm left speechless. Very rare. <laughs> Oh, so going from like the most difficult one, which one's been the most where you felt comfortable, where everything's just gone right? You know, the songs have come out perfectly. The fans have been amazing. Uh, you know what? Recently um, is opening for the Almond Betts Band. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, um, it's Devin Almond, who's Greg Almond's son, and Dwayne Betts, who's Dickie Betts' son. And... Um, and Paul and uh, it, so it's, it's basically like uh, a continuation of the Almond Brothers band, and uh, so a lot of Almond Brothers band fans come out, and they're so supportive, and the whole atmosphere just feels so family. Yeah, there, there's just such a family atmosphere backstage, like their crew, their band, uh, Paul Oakley Junior. also is in the band. Um, and who, and so there's just this overwhelming feeling of family when you're on the road with them and, uh, their fans extend that out. So I just remember having like the most amazing conversations with fans after, after my set, you know, and really like, uh, connecting with a lot of people. And so that's, you know, in the last few years, that's definitely been a highlight. Now, obviously, we've mentioned, you know, performing, you know, with opening with. How many gigs have you had where you've it's just been solely you? Oh, um, are you mean just me? Just like well, you and your band, or you know, right. where there's been no openers, it's just been yourself. You know, people have just come to see you. Right, right. I mean, I don't know, probably hundreds. Yeah, I guess. What's yeah. do you have any like distinct fond memories, should I say? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
you know, it always, so I, I, so I grew up in, in Fairfax County, Virginia, and, um, you know, that will always be my home, but I've now lived in Los Angeles for 20 years. Yeah. And so it's the second home and headlining at the whiskey, a go-go, the legendary whiskey, a go-go, um, where the doors got discovered and Motley Crue used to live upstairs. Yeah. Um, to be able to headline there and have all my friends and fans there together, that's my favorite place to play at home and it, it, when when it's me headlining. Yeah. Um, and it's also a rock club and we make it country night, you know? Yeah. Um, I would say um, – my fondest memories as a as a headliner would be from there for sure. I mean, I knew you were playing a whiskey a go go, and I'm so glad you brought it up because I wanted to mention because obviously everybody knows the Motley Crew lived upstairs. Sure. Did you ever yeah. get the chance to bump bump into them? No, no. I mean, the timing was, was too, was, was off, I suppose. But um, yeah, actually, no, I don't think I've ever met anybody from Motley Crue, which is kind of odd because you think that I would have by now. I mean, I've bumped into a lot of other people, believe me, just randomly. Um, But, uh, but, but not Motley Crue yet. (laughs) So right at the start, you actually mentioned about the new album in March. What what's what's happening with the album? You know how many? You mentioned twenty two tracks that you've been doing on Twitch. Is any of those going on the album, or is it just all of them on the album? Or no, those are all going in the video game. So okay. Um, so yeah, the album. I've, I've. You know, I know we weren't going to talk about the current state of affairs these days, but uh, okay. But my idea behind behind it of splitting it up into two parts was kind of a decision in the fact that I knew that there probably wouldn't be a whole lot of live shows for people to see me in 2021. And so I decided to split it up into two parts. So it's, you know, from the wreckage part one and part two. So part two will come out later this year. Um, And these are songs. It's a combination of songs that I really believed in that didn't make it onto in the wasteland yeah or new or new songs or covers i've always wanted to cover um the i and when so i was on sony music for in the wasteland mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of politics on how the songs get picked when you're on a major label. Yeah. Like I'm sure you've talked to enough artists to know and hear about that, that, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's this process that goes on and like, you have to make sure that this guy's in a, if there's a song you really believe in, you want to play it for so-and-so when they're in a really good mood. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just, know exactly the, what you mean. The politics just go on and on and on. So there were songs that I really wanted on that album that I fully recorded and produced um, that didn't make it uh, mainly because you know, somebody was in a bad mood that day or something, who knows? Um, so now that I launched my own label, I can make all my own decisions. And so, uh, my, my general plan for the next couple of years is, uh, 
you know, from the wreckage part one, from the wreckage part two, and then in 2022 put out an, a full, another full length album. Oh yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to keep, keep rolling them out. I mean, the, the general consensus and the general idea is that everything should start in theory, start easing off between, you know, up to about September ish. So come 2022 gigging and live festivals and live performances should start rolling through again properly. Right. With obviously having part one and part two, I can imagine the actual whole promotion side is a lot more difficult with the lack of live performances. What have you got planned to do then in terms of promotion? You know, is it, is there any say live streams coming up or radio? Talk? Yeah. Well, the crazy thing is I do two, I already do three live stream live streams a week. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure I'll do a special one on the release date. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm putting that together now, maybe with a lot of special guests coming in and out and, you know, things of that nature. So stay tuned for that for sure. But in the meantime, uh, you know, live streaming has been something that I have really just jumped full feet, you know, both feet jumped in with both feet as they say. Yeah. And, um, I've had the advantage of just once again, like through organically, um, I was in, from the voice acting side of my life and also some from the music side of my life being involved in a lot of, um, live streaming gaming shows already. Yeah. So when I decided to fully <laughs> jump into my Twitch channel, I had some experience already. So, um, and what I'd like to do is I like to promote other artists. So like my show tonight, Miller's music Mondays. I mean, I know this won't air tonight, but on Monday, yeah. um, I always have a special guest and then we, I run it like a songwriter round. So a lot of songwriter rounds in Nashville will be like, okay, well, you know, singer number one plays a song then singer number two plays a song then singer number three plays a song. Then we go back to one. Yeah. You know? So I do it back and forth and I interview them and it's usually a friend of mine. So we just talk about <coughs> random things and, you know, the audience loves that. And then we're interacting with the audience and the audience asks questions so I've just made that part of my of my weekly regimen. Then on Wednesdays, I do an all-request show. So I've got a list. Let's see, how big is my list? So my list right now is I have 100, <coughs> oh, sorry. 148 songs this week. Sorry, uh, bless you. Uh, I've got 148 songs uh, between originals and covers that I can play acoustically. <laughs> like if you ask me, like I'm ready to go. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And so, uh, so if, if you need me to play it and, and somebody wants to donate a little bit and then I share that with my modifiers or my moderate modifier, I share that with my moderators, uh, my channel moderators, cause they're helping me put it all together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll play it. I'll, I'll, I'll send you, a, I'll send you my list as of now, just so you can see it. Um, well, I don't know if I have your email. What's your email? Uh, it is dom.countrychat. Uh, I'll put it in the chat here. Okay, perfect. Uh, I can just copy it over. Sorry, we just made another edit point. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, what I do is I listen through everything anyhow because I absolutely love listening back to these shows. You do? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, every show that I do, I'll sit through it. I'll make sure I'll listen from start to finish at least two or three times. Wow. Okay, cool. That's um, awesome. Because I genuinely love these chats. That's the reason why I do these. I'm having a good time. That's good. Sorry about the coughing then. I just suddenly got a dry throat. It was like, oh, no, here it comes. Oh, no problem. <coughs> I promise it's not COVID. I've had a test. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I would catch it through the. Through <laughs> well, this. through a lot of conspiracy theories, you never know these days, right? I know, yeah, I catch <laughs> it through five G. Um, because I own a recording studio, I have to, I, I get tested every um, two weeks. But there you go. I just sent my, just sent you my song list. So, just refreshing. Well, let's have a hundred items per page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first. The first one really shocks me. Oh, yeah. You know what? I do a cool acoustic version of it. I'm going to definitely ask about that. This is brilliant. This is amazing. And I'm adding more every week. Um, People give me suggestions. Did you hear about Chris Christopherson? He's um, retired today. Yeah, he's retiring. He's crazy. I never thought I'd hear the day. I know. Well, I think he's 86 now, so. Well, it's like Charlie Pride. You know, he never really officially, officially retired. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. This is brilliant. I could just do a whole hour just asking each, you know, where (laughs) all these came from. Can you play that? (laughs) All right. So yeah, Jason's just sent me the song request list that comes on Twitch. And the first one on the list really is taken me by surprise. It's really, I'm really, <laughs> I mean, before I actually say who it is, you know, and the song title. Yeah. It's already been played twice or request, you know, requested twice. Mm-hmm. When you're, without telling us the title, when you're playing this song, like, what do you imagine, you know, how, how do you, how do you showcase this song? Uh, I mean, I can do it for you if you want. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, hold on a second. Cause I, you know, <laughs> with 148 songs, I at least have notes for some of them. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Boom. Oh, Next. I found another yeah. one as well. <laughs> oh. What's that? Oh. I'll, I'll <laughs> go on. There's a fire starting in my heart. Reaching out, fever pictures bringing me out the dark. Finally, I see you crystal clear. Go ahead and tell me how now I live your shit there. See how I leave every piece of you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There's a fire starting in my heart. Reach out a fever pitch and bring me out the dark. The skies of your love remind me. They keep me thinking that we're almost at it all. The scars of your love that leave me bare. 
Sam. <laughs> wow. Oh, my. I've got to say, I actually prefer that to Adele's. <laughs> that is just... Thanks. Well... Adele's Adele's your national treasure, so. I mean, well, that's that's you know, it should say a lot then, but <laughs> wow, I mean, you just you knock it out of the park, and I I was just so surprised, and I've just been, whilst you've just been singing there, I've also had a quick look through. There's two songs that I don't know if surprised me more than Adele, but okay. the Pokemon theme song, <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> yeah. and Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do like a really dark version of both of those. <laughs> I mean, but I wanted to put—I wanted to put a little bit of humor in there for people too. Exactly. You know what I mean, well, that—that's that, what makes live streams and these kind of, you know, acoustic sessions. That's right. what makes them real and makes them unique. I mean, yeah. you can, I, if people come onto your show on a Wednesday, that's where they can start requesting all of them. Yeah, right. Whatever you want Wednesdays, I call it. Which I guess for you would be, it'd probably be kind of early in the morning for you. Yeah, early morning Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Take it or leave it Thursdays. Right. <laughs> that is brilliant. But they're all on my Twitch channel and you can, uh, you know, you can go back and watch them later. And for so. people to find you on Twitch, they just search Jason Charles Miller. Right. Yeah, it's easy. Twitch.tv slash... Jason Charles Miller. That is brilliant. I mean, which song out of your 148 that you genuinely love playing that isn't your own? Um, you know what? Like someone someone requested uh Killing Me Softly by Roberta Flack. Really? And I I figured it out and I love playing it. I really love playing it. I've only I think I've only done it once on the show this time's played isn't quite accurate because i added that a little bit later okay um but um so i've done most of these once at least um so the the counter is not quite right but um but yeah yeah killing me softly by uh roberta flack and the fugees is one that i love doing that i didn't that i didn't think about it you know when people um request something you know, I'm like, oh, I should try that. And then you look it up and you're like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> this is great. Yeah. So. That is never ending surprises. You're just <laughs> a man of many, many, many talents. Thank you. That's crazy. I mean, I loved your music before and I'm loving you every second that passes on throughout this. Seriously, people need to check you out, whether it's on the on the streams on the uh, Miller Mondays and on the, on the Wednesdays, what other streams do you do? Is it all on Twitch or is there any on like YouTube or? It's pretty much on, uh, on YouTube. What I'll do is I'll take my Miller's music Mondays and I'll post them to YouTube um, after the fact. So people can watch those shows. Cause there's a lot of, I've had a lot of great guests. Um, uh, and so if people want to watch that afterwards, they can just go to my YouTube channel, which is also my name. Just to, you know, th those will live on there forever. And then um, I do post different songs to my YouTube channel from time to time just to keep people, um, you know, keep people guessing. And also all of my official music videos are all on my YouTube channel, of course. So um, I don't know if you had a chance to check any of those out. Not yet. I'm definitely checking that out oh, tonight. That, I that's can't wait for you to see the video for Get Thee Behind Me. We filmed that out in the, in the desert. Uh, 
and the idea of the song Get Me Behind Me is um, it's taken from the point of view of, of the devil. Yeah. Uh, and so I actually, at, for part of the video, I'm dressed up like the devil. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get Me Behind Me. Get Yeah, Get Thee Behind Me. It's actually, I think, feature. If you just go to my YouTube channel, it's like the first video that'll pop up. Gotta love these... Um spontaneous oh yeah we'll just quick quickly pause whilst we check something out sure that this is always the issue with youtube is just the constant constant ads oh you got to see an ad first Ugh. why do i feel like i've seen this before i think i've i think i have seen this you know oh cool now i'm doing a um a new video with that team for the new album yeah too. we're gonna film it next next month you know, but the issue too is, you know, keeping things COVID compliant. So we have to find creative ways to film things these days and not have a lot of people, you know, around. Um, yeah. That, that, but, that, you know, hey, it, sometimes when you're given limitations, it makes your, it makes your mind think differently and you approach art in a different way. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole pandemic and the whole kind of lockdown throughout the world has kind of given us a new insight in how we do a lot of stuff. I mean, it just shows the amount of work that we do in close proximity with others. You know, it, when you're so used to being together and then having to be six feet apart, it's so difficult to get normal jobs done. I mean, I've been doing work in a local radio show and... Just even doing that, we have to be at different ends of the studios just to get a recording out there. It's crazy. Well, you know, I'm a voiceover actor. Uh, One of my my side gigs, which sometimes is, you know, pays more than my main gig, uh, is uh, I I do a lot of uh, voiceovers for um, commercials and video games, anime, uh, lots of animated things. And the way that we've approached that, luckily, you know, it's one person at a time in the booth. Yeah. But the way we have to approach, like, getting to the booth and the end, you know, usually now the director will will Skype in and then it's just you and the engineer, but you're never in the same room at the same time. Yeah. And then we have to wait an hour in between each performer and um, uh, disinfect everything. Disinfect and run run. Uh, these crazy UVC lamps and everything to kill all the germs that might be floating around in the air. And it's, it's an ordeal, but at least we're still able to do it. You know, how have you found it with obviously your own label now doing all this? Yeah. Uh, well, luckily I'm the only one signed to the label. So <laughs> that, that, that yeah. helps. <laughs> yeah, it does help. But you know, when I bring in other musicians and things, we have to be COVID compliant and we have to keep, we have to take, we, Take things very, very seriously. Absolutely. Have you got any thoughts in mind into taking you artists into your label? Not yet. I want to see how it does on its own, mm-hmm. you know, for, for just my stuff. And then um, maybe sometime in the future, yeah. What's it like then? Obviously, leaving a, you know, a big label such as Sony mm-hmm. to then having to start your own, you know, it, is it daunting? Not really, uh, because I think that like uh, there's always been an indie element to my mindset. 
mm-hmm. even when signed to majors. Um, and it's funny because uh, God had, had was never signed to Capitol Records, but due to a bunch of moving around, like we were signed to Post Human Records, which was technically under Priority Records, which was under EMI. Yeah. And then EMI decided to move uh, all to merge priority into Capitol Records. But uh, Capitol Records was more concerned about different parts of its catalog rather than the rock elements of its catalog because Capitol already had a bunch of rock bands. Yeah. And so I've had the dubious distinction of I've never been signed to Capitol Records, but I've been dropped by Capitol Records. <laughs> <laughs> That's a uh, accolade. To, you should put that accolade upon your um, website. Yeah, that should, be my, that should be my top quote. Um, but, uh, so I've always had an indie mindset and so, uh, doing things on my own. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of work. Sure. It definitely is. But, uh, you just do it. Yeah. You know, if you want to succeed, you just do it. Right. I mean, you briefly mentioned a second ago about the voice acting. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I started to talk about it at the at uh, the start, but I wanted to bring it on later. Okay, yeah, you've, we've been jumping around. You've done how many? You've Wonder Woman, the animated movie, <laughs> Super Street Fighter, um, Star Trek Online, World of Warcraft, Avatar, The Last Airbender, The Last Airbender. I can't even talk now. Just how you know? What was it that got you into voice acting? I was like, I was a you know so only child growing up in the woods of Virginia, uh, of course, loved to ride horses and shoot bow and arrow and do all the country things. Yeah. But I also, uh, loved cartoons and anime as a kid. And so, um, when I had the opportunity, once we moved to, uh, LA, uh, with the band and everything, uh, when I had the opportunity to try it, I took some classes and, got lucky and got an agent and just made that part of my, of the things that I do. I mean, we live under this entertainment bubble, Yeah, you know, of, of it, it's, it's all, un, it's all under the entertainment. You know, I'm an entertainer, right. I'm a musician first. I'm a singer first. And, and, but uh, if, if I can use my voice in another way to, to entertain, um, I'm all for it. You know, I just, I, I love performing in a lot of different ways. Well, that, that's what we, you know, that's what we do in this kind of industry. I mean, you know, even, even I entertain in a different way, obviously to yourself. So, you know, you tend to be able to float between different things. I mean, I won't be able to, I won't be able to sing as well as you or voice act as well as you, but you know, it, it just shows the kind of fluidity that we can all have. You know, in terms of you don't just have to be a singer. You don't have to just, you know, even just then go to voice acting. You can do a whole range of stuff and still be recognised for you know and do really really well. Right. I mean, I even hosted a show um, that's on Amazon Prime now called Starter Kit, where we teach people how to play role playing games. We start with Dungeons and Dragons and we go through a lot of different. Um, different role-playing games it's on youtube and it's also some seasons are on amazon prime amazon prime okay i don't know what i'm watching tonight <laughs> yeah do you want to learn how to play dungeons and dragons i'll i'll teach you well we were talking about it you know 
right at the start. You know, I'm really tempted to give it a go now. I mean, he's just he's now buying everything, <laughs> unless I can find a uh, somebody else to join right. in with. Well, you know, yeah, fine. you probably it would be good to find an experienced player. Yeah, and then all you really need to do is buy the player's handbook. That's a good place to start. Yeah, that's so fascinating. What is the most interesting thing you find? throughout your whole career that you've thought yeah i'm i'm having fun here what's the most fun you've ever had um god uh, there's so <laughs> too many, many to coin <laughs> like one of my crazy moments i would say that like i think about i still think about to this day is um so god had played on the ozfest yeah right and um I actually hit it off with Jack Osborne and was invited over to the house a few times after that. And, uh, in fact, I'm even in the background in a couple episodes of the Osbournes, their, their reality show. Cause I was in the kitchen when they were filming one day. Um, but, uh, I remember one night late at night, um, Ozzy, like, I don't know, Jack and, Kelly had gotten to a fight or something. And then I'm sort of like at the house, just like, it's me and Ozzy <laughs> on the couch. Whoa. Yeah. And, and, uh, this, I'll never forget this for the rest of my life is, you know, Ozzy knew I was a singer and he knew I was on the Ozfest, And, you know, we talked a little bit, um, you know, but he was like, have you heard my new album? And I said, uh, well, no, cause it's not out yet. This was when, um, down to earth was about to come out. I'm, I go, hey, go, no, I, I haven't. It, it, it's not out yet. And he goes, well, let me play it for you. And he found um, like the burn CD of it, put it in. And I'm like, okay, well, he's going to play me a few songs. Like, this is awesome. Like, already, I'm like, this is awesome. He's going to play me a few songs off of his new album. That nobody else has heard yet. <laughs> he played the whole album from beginning to end. And he sang along to every song. You even got a live performance. Just, it's he not even just a live performance. Sitting on the couch, and he sang along to every song. And it was just the two of us. And I was like, no one is ever going to believe this happened. And the only, I guess, evidence we could say uh, that it happened is you do see me on the Osborne. So you know I was in the house. I can never prove that this happened, but it really happened. And it's, Definitely a highlight of my life. You know, that takes an intimate performance to the next level. <laughs> Completely. Completely. So oh. uh, after that, I was like, well, I can die now and be happy. And, you know, you've, you've literally, fine. You know, <laughs> the world is fine. Oh, you see, normally people start, you know, like shows off with those kind of stories. You just leave it in just just a just a bit of a sprinkle here and a sprinkle there. Oh, yeah, just had a uh, intimate performance with Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> you know, it just always happens. <laughs> Is there any other, like, moments where like that, you know, where you've just had, you found yourself in a position like, what am I doing here? <laughs> Kind of, you know, uh, I, so in one, in, uh, another, another moment was like a voice acting moment when I, um, was working on Batman 
uh, Brave and the Bold. And um, I played Doll Man and, uh, for just one episode. And I remember that um, you know, Dietrich Bader was playing Batman, the voice of Batman. And they were, when you do original animation, a lot of times they record everyone at the same time. So mm-hmm. you're all in like a big room together. And uh, so Dietrich Bader was Batman. Um, and to my left was Tom Kinney, who was playing Plastic Man, but he's also the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. To my right is Kevin Michael Richardson, who has been in everything, you know, Cleveland Jr., Family Guy, all that. Yeah. Stuff. And I'm going, what am I doing here? Like, I'm in with these incredible voice actors like what am i doing here and then so i got a little nervous and then i said to myself if you're there then you deserve to be there so do your job yeah and then that snapped me out of nervousness dang what (laughs) what (laughs) yeah i don't know where to go from here now because that's like (laughs) we, we have a bar and we set the bar high and then you just take it higher and higher. I will, I, I will say this, the, the, um, I, I did have another feather in my cap this year, um, that in the, sh- in the, uh, the video game world of warships, I got to be the voice of Optimus Prime. They did a, they did a Transformers, they did a Transformers crossover and I got to be Optimus Prime. Oh wow! Oh wow! 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 Just in a game, but it was still pretty awesome. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) Here, Dom Crook. Like us, there's more to you than meets the eye. (laughs) That's that's the question I was going to ask. Was is there any like clause that you're not allowed to use the voice in certain streams? Or (laughs) I mean, you know, well, we just did that. So (laughs) exactly. That is brilliant. <laughs> you just, you've made my night now. <laughs> you know how you said about with Ozzy Osbourne, you could just die a happy man. <laughs> That's me. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to have to have to end it there. Um, that sounds good. <laughs> I've got one more question. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just feels so trivial now. Because it's it's the question that I end pretty much every single show with. And it's it's a silly one. It's pineapple and pizza. Yes or no for you? (coughs) Unequivocally, no. No. Go on then, why? Pineapple on pizza. Why not? What's your your reason? What's your excuses? (laughs) Uh, It's too much savory and sweet together. Okay. That's my thing. Uh, Like, I, I... I'm a pepperoni pizza guy. Yeah. Like, you know, just slices of, of, of pepperoni sausage and, uh, and, and that's it. So (coughs) um, I don't like sweet stuff on my pizza. I want it to be savory. No, I get that. I mean, I'm having pizza tonight and all I've done is I've got a load of margaritas and I've got a load of like chorizo, uh, and sliced it up and just chucked it in the oven. So (laughs) I can smell it cooking in the oven now, actually. It's brilliant. Oh, thank you for coming on. It's been brilliant. You got it, man. Like, we talked about so many things, we barely talked about country music. I know. Sorry about that. No, don't worry. I mean, people seriously, seriously need to check you out, because if they haven't already, 
you're in for a treat. You really are. Check out the YouTube. Check out the Twitch. Everybody's loving Twitch at the moment. I mean, I love the raids. You know how random people can just like... I love raids so much. I love raiding people. And I love surprising people with a raid. Yeah. Too. It's brilliant. Because they've been featuring me on the front page a lot lately, which is like huge exposure. Yeah. So then... I'll take my front page audience and then raid somebody else, and they'll be like, "What?" <laughs> you know, so that's brilliant. How, how many how many um, viewers do you get on like average then for your Twitch? Shows? On an average, I get like three or four hundred. But oh. then when I'm on the front page, there was one time. So uh, Dwayne Betts from the Almond Betts Band, I had him on my Monday night show. We were featured on the front page, and um, when all is said and done, we had 171,000 unique <laughs> viewers. But congruently, it had gotten all the way up to 11,500. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's some serious. I mean, I know Twitch is really, really popular, but that's some serious going. It is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm super thankful. They have a great music department there at Twitch, and they've been really generous to me. That's brilliant. So, yeah, people really need to check out on Twitch as well. Just search Jason Charles Miller and follow, subscribe, do everything that you can, you know, spend those coin things that you get with twitch and right yeah bits bits that's it bring them in where can people find you on all the platforms social media wise every platform i'm jason charles miller uh except for twitter because my name is too long so on twitter i'm jason c miller okay but if you search jason charles miller you'll still find you'll go right to me (laughs) brilliant and everybody keep an eye out for From the Wreckage, part one, coming out in March. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews and general chit-chat on all things country music.